0: Alright, welcome back everybody. Episode 3 of Out Your Back Door, coming at you. Boy, what a week it has been. (laughs) Uh, Some big changes, a lot of uh, growth, a lot of revisions, a lot of things happened this week. I will fill you all in on that in just a second. Because I gotta start out with this. I pert near lost my mind... When I lost the Pertnir interview, I literally woke up. The interview was gone. It, it, the files were nowhere to be found on my computer. I had already done most of the edits. I needed to put these final little edits on, and it's gone. I started panicking, and it was, I was pacing back and forth in my house trying to figure out what I could do. Uh, I tried to recover the files. I did everything I possibly could. Nothing worked. When nothing else worked I finally did the one thing I thought I would never have to do and I embarrassingly had to do but I had no choice. I emailed Nate and I said Nate I lost the file. I don't know what happened but is there any possible way we could redo the interview and uh and Nate was great. He was like yeah dude that sucks uh Totally. Let's do the interview. Uh, I'd I'd love to do it. Uh, you know, don't have a whole lot going on right now with Corona. So, uh, you know, sounds fun. Let's totally make it happen. So Nate was great. And just what what a guy. And I mean, it it just kind of is su- such a good dude to talk to, because I mean, I gained so much knowledge out of uh, just how I can restructure things and how I can do things better with the podcast. So not only is this going to be an entertaining episode for y'all, but I also gained a whole lot by talking to Nate both for your benefit, the podcast benefit and all of out your back door as a whole. So Nate, thank you so much for your time. You had some great impacts on this whole entire project. But uh, you know, with with that what I mean by that is, you know, I lost this episode. I had to take the week and figure out how to deal with this. And with taking this week off, uh, I know I didn't post anything on social media. I know I didn't do my giveaways. I know I didn't do my, my regular routine. But I needed to take this week. And I, I grew a ton because of it. And I was able to find a way to find a better balance for the podcast, for my personal life, for my, for my work life, for everything. Um so here's what I came up with photo of the week is no longer a thing we're not doing it it's just I can't take you know uh, you know all my free time and dedicate it towards out your back door so I had to start cutting a couple of things out because I needed a little more free time for for you know my family for for my personal life and for work and everything else so Photo of the week, we're going to do without. If I see cool photos, though, I'll still post them, and I'll still share them. So stay tuned, and you'll still get great content. I'm just not going to post one every single Monday. It's going to be more so a, a share-it-as-it-comes kind of a thing. So, you know, still be plenty of great photos, just not every single Monday. Hot Topic Tuesday, I'm now changing to a Tuesday Newsday. And... I may post every Tuesday. I may not. Uh, Basically, if there's something cool, uh, recreation, cultural, or community-based that I can share with all of you, I'll do that on my Tuesdays, and that'll just be a simple day to share with you any new, fun, exciting, upcoming things. So if you want the latest and greatest, stop in on Tuesdays, and that'll be the day that you can uh, get your fix on local news, per se. So with that, no more hot or uh, hump day happiness either. I can't find funny enough memes and I can't make my own and I thought it was a fun idea and it is a fun idea. It's just not something that I'm creative enough or my creativity works in the right ways to provide that sort of content. So... Uh, if I find, uh, funny and positive and, and unique things, I'm still going to share that with y'all. It's just not going to have a specific day, it's just like photo of the week. And yeah, it's, it's just, we're going to kind of do without the regularity behind it, but, but still positive stuff and fun and funny stuff at that. So, so still, still tune in, still hang around the social media. Cause we're still going to do, uh, fun stuff. Just making some minor adjustments is all, uh, which kind of takes us into Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursdays is now going to be a pre-recorded thing. And by taking the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday approach of being able to have a more lenient schedule on those days, I'll be able to incorporate uh, some video content. So Thirsty Thursdays will start being video content. And I'll still go live, and I'm still going to plan to do a local meetup-style Thirsty Thursday as well. But uh as as far as the just going live and giving my review and then being done with it, I mean, I think it'd be fun to go back and kind of reminisce on some of these reviews. So we're going to start pre-recording a lot of them, uh, throwing edits together, and we'll just air those on Thursdays. So if you're tuning in on Thursdays, you'll still get your Thirsty Thursday reviews. You can still send in your requests. Uh, this upcoming week will be the first pre-recorded Thirsty Thursday, and... <laughs> It was one of the requests sent in to me, and it was such a unique and weird drink. I had to go up to the person that requested it to have him make it for me. So tune in this Thursday to see what that was all about, because I go up to Tofty, Minnesota, and I drink what's called a goat knuckle, and it is weird, <laughs> but not that bad. So check it out. Uh, I'm still going to do Friday giveaways. That's still going to be the same old thing. Um i am going to try to find ways to add more substance and more interaction and more involvement to get in on some bigger and more uh valuable prizes and everything else so stay tuned on fridays as well because there's still going to be a lot of me going live and giving you guys a lot of details on how to get in on these drawings and giveaways and everything else and and all that's going to be taking place between Thursday Thursdays and Fridays and throughout the week and uh just the more you tune in the more giveaways you'll have a chance to get in on basically so uh Fridays though I will plan to still give away something whether it's a a small little tiny thing all the way up to a huge gigantic thing I'll find I'll find something to give away every single Friday so stay tuned for all of that but uh other than that boy what a fun episode i have coming at you guys here uh nate of pertner sandstone and i sat down we talked about the band origins uh we talked about clogging and the clogging community in minnesota which boy that's what out your back door is all about i had no idea about this rich clogging community in minnesota and and we got to dive a little bit into that so we talk band origins the wild goose chase cloggers we talk touring in europe and what that all entails and and how much different that is from touring in the united states and it's it's such a unique uh, live show experience over there so tune in hear what he has to say about all that we also dip into blue ox fest we talk blue ox for a good amount of time we talk about booking lineups what it's like to uh you know, track down the bands for the lineup each year, what it's like, uh, you know, having this festival that's based around not only the fans and the fan experience, but the performers and their experience as well. So so we, we, we dive a good bit into Blue Ox, and we also talk about their new album coming out and uh, their songwriting process and, and what kind of goes into their uh, their studio work. So, like per, per usual, everybody... Why don't you just uh, grab a nice beverage, a beer, a cola, tea, coffee, whatever it might be, find a nice cozy spot, perch up next to a tree, sit by the water, plug your headphones in, turn on your speakers, open up a window, just get nice and cozy and see what Nate and Pert and your sandstone have going on right out your back door.
1: I like to I like to say Prignair Sandstone is a modern string band from the Heartland. Picking on some tunes and it just kinda of stuck. There's not people doing it quite the way that American bands tour and get around and music sure. make, so
0: Yeah, and then I caught you at Blue Ox now uh, you guys have like two flyers up on stage at one time. Like,
1: after high school and from college, I went out hitchhiking around and hopping freight trains. And
2: no, no, you're
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> the performers on stage are really no different than the, the folks in the audience. So, yeah, I can't imagine not having grown up in Minnesota.
0: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of out your back door podcast we're sitting down today with uh, Nate site from Pertnir Sandstone Nate you wanna just warm up give people a little uh info about who you are who pertnier Sandstone is and what you guys are all about
1: sure yeah yeah i like to I like to say pertnier sandstone is a modern string band from the heartland so we're we're all a bunch of um, high school buddies, primarily. Um, I'm one of the founding members of the band, playing mandolin and fiddle and songwriting. And, uh, yeah, I knew Jay and Kevin back from when we were high schoolers and uh, hanging out at house parties and going to various shows of our friends' bands, and uh, one of which, Jay's Jay's band at the time, also had a guy playing guitar he was in like various jazz bands and ska bands and, and rock bands and things. And his side guy his wingman was always Ryan young, who uh, was also one of the founding members of put Near sandstone. And as since then, you know, we've been collaborating with him ever since then. Uh, but he's since become a full-time fiddler with trampled by Turtles. So we, we all go way back. We go back 20 years or more with each other. Nice. And uh, yeah. And we, you know, this kind of came about um, very organically watching Timberwolves and drinking beer and, <laughs> and picking on some tunes, and it just kind of stuck. We just sort of got enough of a, a repertoire together as an acoustic kind of—we weren't really bluegrass at the time. We didn't quite know what we were doing. We were just kind of <laughs> picking picking folk songs and playing, uh, you know, Garcia Grisman tunes. and
0: Absolutely. I had—
1: I had been out after, um, after high school and some college, I went out hitchhiking around and hopping freight trains and really fell in love with mandolin music. As a guitar player, I I traded in my sister's uh, student violin for my first mandolin, actually for a banjo, which I quickly traded for my first mandolin. And it was much more portable for traveling than a guitar or a banjo which is super heavy sure. so i uh I, I uh picked up a bunch of fiddle tunes while learning that and got into a bunch of the really roots of american folk music old time string band stuff and and traditional bluegrass and brought that to the guys and we kind of built our repertoire and our approach to music around that style that kind of old time string band style nice And, uh, yeah, we just kind of, kind of rolled from there. We got a coffee shop gig and then some, uh, that led to a monthly residency at a bar, which led to, you know, traveling around, traveling around the country and now the world as well. So we're, we're, uh, kind of brothers at this point, brothers in arms. And, uh, (laughs) have a lot of fun doing it, bringing the Minnesota music all around the world.
0: That's awesome. And, uh, (laughs) something that, uh, folks that are tuning in might not know and a lot of them will know but uh something that is very unique and interesting about pertineer sandstone is uh, you guys have a clogger in the band how how did that kind of come about S- same kind of organic style just kind of happened and stuck or or how, how yeah how you that's kind of clogger
1: <laughs> or the organic nature of pertineer is kind of the credo of the band we you know we're we're uh we're deliberate with some things, but we tend to just roll the punches and and go with the flow. And, uh, the clogger that travels with us currently and has been for the last six years or so is Matt Cartier. And he actually grew up in the neighboring city. We, we grew up in Brooklyn park in that area and, uh, Osseo and, and actually Matt Cartier was from Osseo as well. So he was, of a local guy who we didn't know at the time he had moved, uh, to Missouri. And, but, uh, you know, he came about later on how it happened that we started having a clogger with us is a good friend of ours, uh, Andy Lambert. He, he was hanging out with, uh, you know, the wild goose chase cloggers is a, a, uh, outfit of performance cloggers that, Dates back to 1979 and they have wow. just a yeah a whole recurring cast there's there's a whole plethora of cloggers in minnesota it's like a rich uh scene oh wow because of this no wild idea. goose chase cloggers yeah this, this wild goose chase cloggers group has been just like teaching it's, it's been like the vibrant uh thread for the the old time community as well huh and anyways uh Kevin's wife, Anna, started performing in the Wild Goose Chase Cloggers. And, you know, we became friends with Andy, who is one of the cloggers, and he was also a percussionist. And he just kind of invited himself to one of our rehearsals, very much how I joined the band. <laughs> nice. uh, back in the early days, just kind of invited myself over to hang out and pick some tunes. And he just came over for one of our rehearsals in Jay's basement. And, it you know, it was cool. We, we dug it, so we invited him up on stage with us. I think it was at the caboose uh, for our next show. And he, uh, yeah, just, he wasn't able to travel as much as we would have liked him to, but he did some tours with us, did some pretty, pretty great shows and kind of on a semi regular basis for a few years. And then, yeah, Matt Cartier moved in back into Minnesota from Missouri and he, we had mutual friends uh, with our bass player, Adam Kiesling, at the time. And, yeah, just kind of, he joined us for a tour and has been with us ever since. So, huh. yeah, it's a pretty unique thing. We're we're certainly not the first band to have a clogger. Uh, there's, of course, there's other folks that have done it in Minnesota, sure. the Wild Goose Chase cloggers and that scene, and some others around the country that we were fans of and just thought it was a, a cool element, a percussive yeah, visual is. element to the show. So, we absolutely We've, uh yeah i've been doing that when you can
0: yeah that's it's <laughs> awesome yeah it's uh definitely a fun uh fun aspect to watch on stage you know especially uh you know w- when you're not really expecting it you know everybody that i've brought to a pert near show i don't tell them that you have a clogger and you know every, every time you see them it's like oh hey that's that's kind of cool, <laughs> you know. It's always a hot topic, and yeah. And then I caught you at Blue Ox when uh, you guys had like two cloggers up on stage at one time, and that was pretty fun too. But we'll we'll talk more oh, about yeah. Blue Ox later. But. Uh... You mentioned that uh, you know, his first show or uh together with a clogger was at, at the caboose or wherever. Do you do you wanna talk a little bit about some of the places you guys have played and, and toured for that matter?
1: Yeah, yeah. We typically we kind of you know, we tour a lot in the region. We're I think our solid audiences and we like to spread ourselves around wherever we can around kind of the five state region there in the great north. But we've uh we've been Reaching out to the West Coast quite a bit ever since, I think 2008 or so. We traveled out there with Trampled by Turtles. They took us along on a on a swing, and prior to that, we had only really been out, you know, Chicago, St. Louis. I think was the farthest away from home we had uh, ventured. Sure. And we went all the way out with those guys through Montana and Idaho and Washington and Oregon, back through uh, Reno, uh, area or North, North Tahoe and, uh, in Nevada and just got hooked on touring. We're like, we, we got to figure out how to do this. And (laughs) so we all sort of shifted our day jobs around to make it flexible to where we could tour. And, and, uh, and yeah, we've been, been doing it ever since we, we get out to the Southeast down Nashville way in Atlanta. Every so often we've been out up to the eastern seaboard, New England, and and one of our favorite, one of my favorite tours that we've been on was hitting the peak of autumn, going through Vermont, oh, basically man. from Vermont all the way down to West Virginia, following the peak leaves, oh, that A was color incredible. change, yeah, it was it was pretty great, and that was right before we appeared on a Prairie Home Companion, which is the Fitzgerald Theater. It was you know we kind of all grew up listening to that show. It's yep. informed. Informed us a lot about the uh, the acoustic music happening in Minnesota and and that that kind of uh, lineage that has been happening since the sixties and earlier sure. in the west Bank of Minnesota <clears throat> excuse me yep. so to be on that show is really a pleasure and and uh and yeah it kind of kind of inspired us to Take ourselves seriously, you know, more <laughs> seriously and nice. and keep doing it. So do, do you guys oh, yeah, we've
0: mm-hmm. sorry, do you guys uh try to take any scenic routes or uh drive, you know, off the beaten path at all when you're out on tour, or do you tend to just stick to the highway and get to the next spot as quickly as possible?
1: A little bit. It depends on who's driving. Sure. Um but as much as we can, yeah, I really am always an advocate of I'm i my position in the van is often shotgun, so I'm riding <laughs> passenger and DJing and navigating and um you know, doing the phone calls and whatever. Yep. But um uh so I'm always an advocate of taking the scenic route and pulling yeah. off for a little side hike or hitting the scenic vista. Nice, But it doesn't always happen. Like I said, it depends on who's driving. Some people you'll suggest it and they just won't stop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I suppose it depends so, on how quick you have to be to the next spot too and all that happy jazz.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the agenda you have to contend with. And when you travel out west, it's we often do uh it's a 10-hour drive sometimes some days sure. between gigs so you don't have time to stop a scenic overlook might be all you have to <laughs> do a quick stretch and yep or grab a grab a coffee on the way or a bite to eat at the convenience store no. but, so but you, yeah we're we're very much adventurers when we travel as much as we can we often will uh forego the hotel and just find the campground and flop out in the in the grass campfires yeah man those are (laughs) some of my favorite tours and we're able to do that
0: i'm sure that's a nice way to kind of unwind or escape the tour a little bit too, kind of be out in nature that's that's cool that you guys do that try to pop down in campgrounds and stuff for sure uh do do you have a favorite place you've you've played
1: yeah i mean it's hard to it's really hard to top going over to europe it's such a different world over there literally and and they they have kind of a an interesting perspective on musicians over there. I think they really hunger for live music and they really hunger for American bands. We we bring live music over there with us. There's a lot of electronic music and there's yep. there's a few bands, but there's, there's not people doing it quite the way that American bands tour and get around and, sure. and the music we make. So they, they love it over there. They really roll out the red carpet and give you the, the full
0: treatment kind of go all out and, huh?
1: <laughs> they do, and the and the festivals are just weird. It's like it's, they're so eclectic. It's like every kind of music happening all in one place, and, <laughs> and yeah, and it's it's just kind of a bizarre world being in Europe. And you know, you're traveling around, you're playing taverns in these little <laughs> medieval cities, or you know, driving yeah, it's driving through areas where you know our, my family came from hundreds of years ago and it's it's pretty cool it's really yeah i I love i love being in europe so nice and uh we we typically we travel around the netherlands and germany and denmark belgium so um very cool bruges bruges belgium is one of my favorite places we've ever played and had a day off to run around town and climb the belfort tower and yeah so that's that's definitely up there have you seen uh, that if i have you seen Dresden, Germany? No, I haven't I haven't seen Dresden. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool really cool city. I I went to Germany quite some years ago actually, but uh when I was there that was one of the cities I was able to visit and it's uh kind of you know, war torn from World War Two, but they kind of left sure. it the way that it was and just kind of built the city around, like, kind of the ruins in a way. So it's yeah. just kind of a unique little, uh, unique city. I figured if you'd been passing through, maybe you guys had stopped, but yeah, just figured I'd ask. <laughs> yeah.
1: Someday, someday, uh, potentially. So we were supposed to be heading back there this year again, and that's been postponed until next year, the same June dates. So. Sure we we'll, we'll be heading back. It's been an annual thing for us over the last few years, so nice.
2: we'll
1: likely go through dresden we've uh yeah we we cover a lot of ground in Europe. There's a lot of long drives for us as well kind of zigzagging back and forth but uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun
0: so what's that like uh you know in comparison to playing in front of your home crowd i mean go going over to the European tours and whatnot uh as opposed to just being right here in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's certainly different. The jokes don't always go over as well. The humor is different. <laughs> they, they don't quite understand our our nonchalant stage banter all the time, but uh, especially not in Germany. You know, which is people even if even if the room full of people uh, gets the jokes, the response isn't always quite what you expect. Sure, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's pretty similar. You know, like like I said, the the festivals and things are kind of bizarre Just being in the in the in all these medieval towns and the history and like you said seeing like this world war ii evidence just rate blatantly on the on the streets as yep. you're walking around mm-hmm. but otherwise you know during your show people are are getting down the same and it, it feels like home so it's kind cool. of it's hard it's very heartening to to think of how similar everybody is around the world you know
0: yeah for sure yeah you do uh I I mean you guys do keep a pretty local focus in a sense of you know you you, you definitely play your recurring shows around Minnesota and the Midwest uh you know you come you come up to Duluth every year and seems like you always bring a bring an awesome lineup up to Duluth you do the uh Winter String Band Gathering down in the Twin Cities every year uh do you plan to kind of keep a local focus in the in the future with with all that
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I think, you know, we, we're definitely, uh, Northern boys. So we, we tend to just kind of stick pretty close to home in terms of, uh, touring in the region quite often as well as promoting blue ox while we're doing it and, and our other festivals. But, so yeah, we, we stretch out, we try to do a spring tour out West and a, and a fall tour towards the East coast as far as we can manage, but, um, and a European tour, but, Otherwise, we generally you know we might shoot out to Colorado or so, but otherwise our tour schedule typically is kind of focused around the midwest and and we love it we love we like we like traveling around and it gives us the ability as well a couple guys in the band have young families, so it gives them the chance to shoot back home and you know uh, drop the kids off at school on yep. Monday or yep. whatever, maybe having driven all night Sunday, but they'll make it there and do it. And it's kind of nice to to have that ability as well. The life balance is important when you're traveling in a band. Not everyone, uh, you know, strategizes that. And not all bands last as long as we have, I guess. So <laughs>
0: true. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so uh, balance is important. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's really cool that you, you say that, too, because, like, um, the Midwest, I feel like Minnesota, for sure, within the Midwest, has a very family-oriented vibe. and And, like, you know, we've even had, like, in magazines and stuff been voted like the most family friendly state and stuff like that. So uh, I I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, I have, I like you, like yourself, I've traveled a a fair amount and I've, you know, been to a lot of different areas and, and you don't always get that family vibe everywhere you go. So that's one of the things I really like about Minnesota (laughs) for sure.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine not having grown up in Minnesota. I guess what that afforded me as a, as a, young person right experiencing you know experiencing wilderness like that experiencing the Mississippi River growing up by the Mississippi and canoeing in the boundary waters and yeah you know exploring Lake Superior north shore it's like there's so many so many things especially outdoors wise that yeah. have really um you know I think that they've informed me as an adult and really put my compass on point in terms of what I value in life and yeah I'm, I'm really really glad that Minnesota is as great as it is for families and yep. and uh you know the weather the winters will will keep it yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah and it keeps it from getting too congested and things, yeah. you know
0: yeah it's uh You gotta be a little bit of crazy to keep sticking out these winners year after year after year, but. Yeah, you get acclimated to it. That's right, yeah. So. Anyway, we've uh we've mentioned Blue Ox a few times now, but we haven't really touched a little bit on that. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about uh what Blue Ox Fest is and how how you guys kind of came about? Uh, you have such a such a cool story about how you just kind of like, you know, started hosting this incredible music festival and do you want to kind of let people know how Blue Ox kind of came about?
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. So we it was actually the the first tour that we were on with the traveling McCurries. We went out to Colorado. It was a winter ski town tour with them. Us, us supporting them, opening up every night. It was the first tour that we were on with our current bass player, Justin Brune, as well as Matt Cartier, our clogger, who had just moved back into town um, like weeks before going out on this tour. So we were kind of you're kind of a fresh outfit again, you know, playing, playing songs with with vigor and really having a lot of fun, getting to know the traveling McCree's, which when you, when you get out on the road and actually tour with another band for more than one show, it's, it just makes it so much more memorable. And you really, you, you get like this bond going, uh, as, as fellow bands that it, it's, you just can't duplicate organically. It just happens. Or rather, it can only happen organically. It can't be duplicated otherwise sure. when you're traveling. So we had played a few shows with them, and we were doing one of our, the last shows in Denver. And we had done our set, and it was a it was a good time. And we were hanging out at the merch booth, listening to the Traveling McCurries play their music. And a couple guys wandered up to a merch booth, and uh, they introduced themselves as couple guys, they were from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they had a festival and, and they were wondering if we would want to play their festival and we we're like, Yeah, sure, sounds sounds great. Whatever. You know, like here, write down your <laughs> write down your name or here's our management. You know, you meet people you meet all kinds of people when you're on the road and right. playing shows and chatting people up after shows and at the merch table. It's you just never know, you know, you get a lot of talkers, you never know if people are talking what you know what what they actually have going on they might be representing themselves you know and uh in a in a way that's you know maybe not not true to how they're presenting it but yep sure enough we get back from tour and our manager calls us up and says uh did you guys meet a did you guys meet a couple guys from Eau Claire, Wisconsin Jim Bischel and Mark Bischel? And I'm like yeah yeah I think we yeah we met a couple guys they talked about a festival and said yeah they They throw a huge festival in Wisconsin called Country Jam USA. It's like this massive pop country festival that's been happening for thirty plus years, thirty five years, I think. And uh, they they want you guys to host the bluegrass stage. It's like, oh man, that sounds cool. You should definitely look into that. And the conversation (laughs) sprang from there, and it was it was a legitimate offer, and we we had some talks with them. We, we met them out at the land where, where the blue ox festival now takes place. And it's just the, it's, it's solely the campground for country jam USA, which is a huge county fair size event. Mm-hmm. And we met him at the campground and there's a huge meadow, there's rolling pine treeed hills, there's a pond, there's a saloon that's already built there with a patio and, shower facility it's like the whole thing was just hand it was ready made and handed to us and we took one look around the grounds and thought this is more than a this is more than a side stage this is more than a bluegrass stage at at a country fest this is this is everything we need for its own standalone bluegrass festival or americana festival yeah and and we pitched it to them and and just kind of went from there and you know, I think a year later we were booking bands for the Blue Ox Fest and promoting it. And and with their 35 years of experience and this beautiful land and the great acoustic, the great music community we have, both audience and musicians in the Midwest, in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and the, and the surrounding area. Yeah. It was just meant to be. It was like everything was lined up perfectly. The stars and aligned. Year one. Yeah, it was the (laughs) stars aligned. And from year one, it was, it was like, it was, yeah, it's been a dream come true. It's been a real, it's been an ultimate pleasure for us to have anything to do with it, let alone host it and curate the bands and be able to hang backstage and shake hands with our heroes and get to know them year after year (laughs) and get them back and, and get our, you know, our local buddies, the great bands that, that we grew up with and that have come up since that are doing great things, and get them involved as well. So it's, it's really, a, it's am a family thing, you know, it's a lot more than just Perton here. It's a lot more than the Bischel family. It's going to be a kind it's of itself. So we're really, really happy with how that has been going. And it's the year six of it. So we'll be, wow. we'll be doing that August, 27,
0: 28, 29. Nice. You guys had to push it to, uh, august because of the coronavirus and that's unfortunate but i mean august is going to be a killer time of year to have a festival too so i mean
1: not yeah, a whole lot yep, to yeah, not look not really
0: forward to i mean it's it's still going to be the same old blue ox i'm I'm definitely looking forward to it <laughs> so yeah. sorry
1: yeah it's really it's it's unfortunate that we've had to uh, postpone it from late june but it's you know, it's a miracle to me that we have over 90% of the original lineup that's still involved, so so many so many of those bands were are uh, rolling with the punches, just like us, and we're all eager to get back out playing music and get the festival season rolling as soon as we can, so it's going to be like Mardi Gras out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be an even better festival season, because everyone's just itching to get out right now. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So, but not not to mention like the window gets a little shorter, so all these festivals are going to be crammed into an even smaller window. I mean, if you're a festival goer, this might be this might be the year. Just take take a full fall off and <laughs> and just Absolutely, road trip around festival to festival. <laughs> but,
1: That's a but great idea.
0: What's uh so what's it even like uh, throwing a a festival lineup together? I mean, how how do you round these bands up? Is it just kind of toss the word out and see what happens, or or how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a pretty good vetting process that we have in place. Um, our our management company Periscope, our manager Mark Gearing does a lot of the footwork. He sends. Tons of emails, always on the on the horn, talking to people. Um, you know, from from the time that the festival ends, uh, we're already setting out, looking at who's touring, who's putting out new albums, who's going to be, um, who's looking to play, who's you know already uh, searching availabilities. Where there's a lot of a lot of um, a lot of fishing for bands involved, but. Certainly, the the amount of bands that want to play, you know, the, the reputation of the festival has grown and the word has spread, and people are submitting uh, the, their bands to play. And so, there's a lot of uh, polling the audience, seeing who they want to, uh, who they want to come, and who they want to return. And between pertnier, kind of selecting bands that we want to see between our management company. Uh, reaching out to see availabilities and figure out you know who's who's some of the hot up-and-comers that maybe we don't know about and then we have uh, the Bishops, the Blue Ox family um, yep. the Bishop family who own the Blue Ox Music Festival they uh they certainly have the bands that they want to see returning and some of the some of the new folks that they'd like to see so It's kind of a whole collaboration and we work together really well. we all you know there's not a lot of disagreement we We all kind of have a similar vision of what we want there's so much, so much music we want to, like, we want to get in there right and to the point that we've actually even expanded the the backwood stage to get more local bands involved and you know but, give some give some more stage time to nationals that are, are on uh, that are touring around and doing the festival circuit yeah so, and yeah so we're trying to trying to even increase the amount of music involved
0: for sure uh so yeah that that's cool that you mentioned the midnight stage because, yeah, I just noticed this year the midnight stage is no longer just for midnight fun, it's for daylight fun as well, so that's uh so that's what you guys are intending with all that is more of a local talent type stage or.
1: Yeah, just to get more music, get get thing, get more of like regional focused bands back there. Nice. So, yeah, just to just to expand the lineup, and we had initially. I've been thinking about that backwood stage ever since year one as a way to maybe do workshops or yeah, just maybe have kind of a a, a smaller uh, feature sure. stage for you know pop up shows and things, and uh, we've expanded the workshops to either standalone thing back by the potluck string band jam circle. And yeah. And the, you know, we just have the infrastructure. That's such a nice stage back there that why not do full production bands during the day? So that, and yeah, it's this festival continuing to grow and, and more ideas are, are popping up and we just, yeah, we want to, we want to keep, um, keep the intrigue from year to year, keep people interested and coming back and yeah, it's it's been working. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Totally.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, one, one thing that not, not many people that attend the festival get to see, you know, they, they get to experience the midnight stage and get to experience, uh, you know, whatever the newest thing is you guys incorporate that year but one thing that not everybody does get to say, see is kind of the dynamic and interactions from band to band that are happening backstage and kind of behind the scenes what's what's that kind of like i mean there's a lot of incredible bands and a lot of amazing talent that are just walking around backstage and you know what's that that's got to be quite the quite the experience
1: it is, yeah. We've created a really, you know, we've looked at a lot of other festivals that, that we adore around the country, around the world, really, that, you know, even as, as close as the Minnesota Bluegrass Old Time Music Association, they throw a great festival in August uh, near Avon, Minnesota. And uh, we've, you know, we kind of grew up at that festival and since then have played Telluride and Rocky Grass and Northwest Spring Summit, some of our favorite festivals. We've really Looked at them to devise how to set up a hospitality area for the band, so local sure. bands, how to get them, how to how to make them comfortable, and also to kind of make it seamless between audience and performers. And and we've I think Blue Ox has really uh, successfully done that. So the performers coming in are super comfortable, just hanging around, and many of them will spend the nights or the whole weekend even. Um, there's there's a lot of cold beer flowing backstage. People are feeling good, and there's those pop up at night, and it's it's just a lot of a lot of good vibes and uh, getting together backstage at Blue Ox. just always still the reunion to a degree, and it's it's always a blast. It's kind of there's a lot of blissing now. You know, for us, we we love greeting the bands as they come in. Like I said taking hands with some of our heroes who have become our friends over the years. Sure. Meeting meeting new bands that haven't played the fest yet. But I I ultimately love being out with the audience in the front of the stage listening to the music. It's part of the reason why I'm a musician, because I, I love listening to it. I love hearing <laughs> it and I'm inspired by it and
0: Totally. As
1: much as I could sit backstage and and chit chat with people all day, it's like that's I wanna be blissing out listening to music. So
0: Yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's
1: it's just a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and we I enjoy running around the campground fire hopping at night as much as anybody as well. So yeah,
0: that's one of the funnest things of blue ox for, I mean, for me as, you know, a fan and whatnot, being able to pop up in these uh, little jam circles throughout the campgrounds and whatnot. And, and then you look over and, and, and somebody that was playing on stage might be sitting right next to you playing the guitar or whatnot, you know, and that's that's really cool. That's a fun interaction and it's definitely something that people look forward to year after year coming to Blue Ox. So, yeah, it's, it's cool that you guys enjoy that just as much as we enjoy that. So. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I think that's part of the the appeal to me for folk music and bluegrass and old time stuff is that the you know, performers on stage are really no different than the, the folks in the audience so and uh and that's that's the way it should be in my mind so yeah for sure. like to keep it real for
0: sure the uh the first year that i was ever at blue ox was or my first blue ox experience was the year that you guys uh made the live at blue ox album which was awesome and uh yeah. yeah, and that's currently your most recent album. But you guys have a new one coming out soon. Do you want to talk a little bit about that at all?
1: Sure. Yeah, we've been since our last album, Discovery of Honey. We've been continuously going into Ryan Young's studio, our old collaborator and fiddler, and and he's just he's got such a good ear for music, and and he knows what we've are going for since he's been playing with us since 2004 on and off and uh, so we've been we've been accumulating new songs new material to the point now where we're sitting on probably two full albums worth of music and just the time was right we finally it came together and we had we had the material to uh, to put out this this upcoming album rising tide as kind of a concept it's a little a little bit of a commentary on, on the modern world we live in and,
2: oh, yeah.
1: um, and, uh we're super excited, super proud of it. It turned out really well. And, and uh, we we're just released one of the tunes, a castle castles in the air. We just put that out and we have another one, Kings and Clowns coming out next week. Ooh, and nice. uh, yeah. And some videos to go along with those. And so we're looking forward to getting new music out to the world and, pretty shortly turning around and releasing another album so hopefully that'll be happening uh, within the next year or so and uh but yeah we're we're really thrilled to be getting rising tide released um on the same weekend it would have been released at the blue ox (laughs) festival in june so though the festival's been postponed we decided not to postpone the record release we want to get it out to the world we want to give good music to people if nothing else if we can't all be together we can at least you know like continue creating and sharing and expressing ourselves and so we're we're happy to be able to do that this is and uh this is
0: our opportunities as listeners to learn every song on the album so come blue ox the participation is even better
1: (laughs) yes there you go exactly so and yeah we decided we didn't wanna we didn't wanna wait on it anymore. We wanna just get it out there so and and we're super proud, like I said, of all the songs uh just kind of it works really well as a kind of a concept album, it tells a nice story nice. and uh yeah, yeah, we're really really pleased to to get that out there and can't wait to start actually performing the songs for people in real life,
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> what's the uh so so what's the song songwriting process like for for you guys do do all of you uh kind of play your role do do just one of you tend to write a majority of the stuff or how does it all happen
1: yeah, so there's four songwriters in our band, so typically how it works is we'll we'll do a lot of the writing in studio so which is why it's really nice to work with. A guy like Ryan, an old friend, with a really comfortable environment to to just kind of hang out in and experiment with sounds and, and lyrics and instrumentation. So very often we'll kind of have we'll kind of return from our separate corners with songs that we've written, and there's a kind of a show and tell process, and we pitch in ideas, and people ask for advice on this part or that part or or suggestions on on lyrics or melodies and we'll we'll kind of put it all together in the studio and and record it and so we have it's a collaboration but it's it's almost like a a solo of a, um how would how would i say it it's like a independent study which produces a collaboration in studio so with four songwriters, you can understand that we kind of all have different influences, and we write from different perspectives. But when we're piecing it together in the studio, it kind of all shakes out to sound really. Um, it it has a, a uniformity that sure. just kind of happens naturally as pertinent music. So yeah, um, we've. I personally celebrate the eclectic kind of. Sonic vibes that we Uh produce in in Pernier Sandstone.
0: Yeah, definitely. So,
1: and we're yeah we kind of keep that train going. I don't I don't see us diverging from that. I love that I love the songs that Kevin writes. I love what what Jay writes. Justin is a great songwriter. He's been kind of bringing a new voice to the band ever since he joined. So and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of fun to see what those guys write and, and, uh, see where I can, what I can fit in. And, and likewise, I love bringing a song to the guys and seeing like, I have no idea what, you know, what Kevin, for example, is going to do with this and he'll do something and it's, it's kind of fits together. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's the pleasurable part of writing music. It's, there's the vision of it and then there's what actually shakes out and yep. i think how it, how it shakes out is always better
2: yeah so.
0: absolutely e- everything starts with a vision it's kind of cool i mean you literally think of it and then to be able to uh create it into a reality and then have the final product sitting out there in front of you it's that's i mean that's what it's all about seeing that whole process come together and and create something something awesome <laughs> you know so. It's
1: definitely exciting. Yeah, it's different than being on stage touring. It's a different kind of creativity. It taps into a kind of a different, a different energy, a different source. Uh,
0: yeah, for sure. A lot of fun. I wanted to kind of switch directions a little bit before we wrap up and uh so i'm going to ask you some live performance questions then i have some uh this or that questions to to wrap the whole thing up with and um from there forward I'll, i'll let you give a good plug at the end and uh yeah we're we're nearing the end so uh so anyway uh what do you have a favorite song you like to play live
1: yeah, kind of it sort of changes from tour to tour even, but lately I've really been enjoying His Island. Uh one of Jay's songs, it kind of it kind of jams really well on stage. It's it's a really fun song to play live. So I I've, I've been really really enjoying that one. Um Okanagan Valley has been one of my favorites uh, as well. So and and especially when we have another fiddler, our good buddy John Lane has been playing fiddle with us. Um, quite a bit over the last year and or if we have Ryan Young uh, able to join us so I love getting some double fiddle going on that song
0: absolutely so. Yeah, that's uh, you can't you can't beat Okanagan Valley. That's I mean that's been my been my favorite song of of you guys since since the day I heard it. So, <laughs> and oh, for anybody yeah, listening I... that doesn't know yet, that's uh that's the intro to this uh, this podcast here. So so you get to enjoy yeah, that man. every single episode. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, that's awesome. I, and yeah, I. I Something you got. You guys are always smiling on stage. The live performances are always just so much fun because y- you guys are having fun, which you know makes everybody else in the room be having fun too. And yeah, it's it's an awesome dy- dynamic scene you guys live. So, so uh, I, I mean, what's like? Do, do you do you yourself have a favorite thing about playing live?
1: Yeah, I just like man. I just like connecting with with uh, each other on stage like when we're playing really well and things are just clicking and we're we're all hearing each other well and and kind of speaking to each other through our instruments it just it's like a different level it's like a zone that's it that is really kind of magical sometimes to get into it's just that you know, it's that kind of lightning in a bottle moment or, or when you hear people say like, there were moments tonight, like the, that, those are the moments <laughs> we try to get to. So,
2: nice. and
1: it's, it's great, you know, like seeing how that, like when we're connecting well on stage to see how that, uh, how the audience responds, uh, to the music. And it's, it's really, it's really a pretty great thing. It's, it's a, it's an adrenaline rush. It feels like flying sometimes. So totally that's uh yeah well, one what one thing makes
0: one thing about what makes bluegrass, touring worth it sorry go ahead
1: <laughs> i was gonna say it's what makes long grueling tours worth
0: it yeah absolutely i was just gonna say that uh you know one of the cool things about bluegrass music is that you know ev- everybody kind of gets a solo you know and uh and you guys bring a lot of people on stage and and you know whenever you go to a blue gr- bluegrass show you know Somebody, some guest is coming on stage, you know, and, and uh, is that is that pretty much all improv then that you see on stage or is there any sort of practice that happens or do you even get time for that matter to practice to bring someone on stage or do you just kind of ask them and let them do their thing?
1: Yeah, when it's somebody who is not joining us for a full set, if, if somebody is up there for the full set with us, we've typically had a rehearsal with them. But sure. if they're just popping up for a song or two, it's very often, you know, we'll tell them what key it's in. We maybe have a chance to run it over with them once backstage or go through the key changes. But quite often, as well, it's we're we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And and uh, hey, take a solo! Like <laughs> right it's, it's in this key, go yeah. one, two, three, four. So and it it really just illustrates the musicianship of the people that that are around that we play with and that are that are able to jump up on stage and just jam and just hear the music and roll with it absolutely
0: yeah and and everybody kind of you know has their own style and and their own ways and everything and and when you collaborate with those that are you know they might play a completely different style music as you but but when you make it all come together you know it's it, it's just it's just so much fun to see oh, yeah. the collaborations happen and and hear what everybody kind of comes up with because uh, yeah you know I, I mean you you bring Billy Strings on stage you're gonna hear something completely different than if you take you know Davey from uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and but e- either way you're gonna have a pretty killer time and it's gonna sound awesome you know <laughs> so oh yeah. yeah yeah totally
1: and yeah uh, that's there's a there's the joy of seeing what develops out of a song you're used to playing and you're used to hearing certain parts and certain arrangements and having guests i mean that that's really for me the reason why to have a guest come up is to reflect the song back to you you know as a as a musician as a even a songwriter like oh i didn't know the song could do that or could go in that direction or have those rhythms or never thought about doing it that way so it's really it's a healthy creative force as well
0: totally so we've pretty much touched on it all, uh, as far as Pertineer and what you guys are all about and where you've been and where things are going and one thing I'd like to ask you though, a big thing that this podcast is based around is the recreation culture and community of the Midwest and Minnesota. Uh and and you know, we've kinda of talked a little bit about you guys plop down in campsites, you try to take the scenic route and whatnot. Uh is there any sort of regular recreation that you guys uh try to make it a point to do when you're out on tour or or venturing around Minnesota?
1: Yeah, very much so, getting out and hiking. So that's I'm I'm a walker ever since I ever since I learned how to crawl I, I jumped up and, and I've been walking, so Uh, whenever I can, I'm, I'm out hitting the trails and whether it's a county park or a city park, um, in a town we're touring through, or if there's a a pull off on the side of the road with a trail, we'll follow it for as long as we can. So we're, we're all very much in that regard as well. So I think it, I think it comes with growing up along the Mississippi river. Like we just want to just follow, follow the river, follow those trails and see where they, see where it leads. So It's kind of it's kind of been our thing as a as a band. I know. I wish that we were the fly fishermen that some other bands are. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When when we go out on tour, but uh, or the you know downhill skiers or something, people seem to somehow fit that into their tour schedule. I don't know how, but yeah,
0: winter (laughs) wondergrass.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've we've done that before. We've done that, and it's great to do that downhill skiing. But um, I'll definitely give me a quiet trail uh any so I love it.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a favorite hike in Minnesota?
1: You know, there's some county parks that I really love. Uh you know, less familiar for you, uh, being from farther north, but sure. Lebanon Lebanon Hills. a okay. uh, County park and uh just down in Egan is uh is really wonderful and there's canoe portages. There's all these kettle lakes. Nice. And canoes to portage through. Growing up in Brooklyn Park, there's Elm Creek Park Reserves. And these are huge expanses of land. They're they're like wilderness reserves, really. It's kind of how I think of them. Um, it's uh, huge tracts of land with variant landscapes and just as easy to wander off trails it is to follow the paths. So sure. I, I really, really appreciate that for sure.
0: Nice. Well, Nate, it's... uh it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you again for, for taking your time and, and, and doing this with me. And it's, it's been a joy. So, uh,
1: my pleasure. Thanks, Chase.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to wrap up real quick with a round of this or that questions and, and I'll let you plug at the end here and, and yeah, then we'll let everybody get on with their lovely Saturday. So, uh, so here okay. we go. This or that questions. We'll start off easy. Dog or cat?
1: Dog. i always been a dog person. Nice.
0: Netflix or YouTube?
1: Uh, a little more YouTube these days.
0: Nice. Yeah. I've, I I love Netflix, but yeah, YouTube has opened up new doors. It's endless on YouTube. You can find anything Absolutely.
1: on there. <laughs> uh, the, the stumble upon quality is great. So oh, totally. Yeah. Bring new things.
0: Absolutely. Uh, phone call or text?
1: Uh, quite often text. Um, yep, it's just easier.
0: <laughs> yep, technology, man. Are you uh, yeah. cake or pie?
1: I'm definitely more of a pie guy myself.
0: Nice. Yeah, blueberry pie, that's where it's at for me.
1: Cool, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Big party or small gathering?
1: Um, I, you know... I, this is, a, this is probably based on like a mood, but, uh, but I, I tend to go for like big parties. I like, nice. I like big parties because you can have a lot of small gatherings within them.
0: Hey, know? there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, hamburger or taco?
1: Uh, hamburger. Nice. I was raised the grill on the patio.
0: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's find another one pancake or waffle pancake nice all right here's a good one the toilet paper roll does the flap hang over or under
1: always over always (laughs) yeah i'll fix it if it's the other way i'll fix it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's unacceptable (laughs) Yep. yeah i love it yeah i'm over as well definitely toilet paper over I, we actually had a family talk about it one time to establish how it was going to be in our house. It was kind of funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> family intervention. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> but uh all right, you put the cups in the cupboard. Do you put them right side up or upside down?
1: Uh right side up.
0: Nice. Oceans or mountains?
1: I I'm a mountain guy. I I really hunger to or be in the mountains so i gotta go that way for sure
0: nice uh beer or beer always beer Yep, yeah preferably cold but beer beer will be beer i will drink it (laughs) yeah all right and uh last one we're gonna go nice northern minnesota question here is it sauna or sauna
1: Sauna. It's only been recent that I've heard sauna. Really? I was raised sauna. I was maybe it's my mother's uh, South Dakota accent or something. Yeah, I it could
0: be. Sauna <laughs> for me. And honestly, the more I'm finding out, it's 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 really an Iron Range thing. Anybody up on the Iron Range says sauna. Uh, it's like the okay. fin- it's like the Finnish background, like, you know, the fin- Finnish influence on the Iron Range. And yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've, I've always known it as sauna. I grew up in Grand Rapids and we're on the caboose end of the Iron Range. So so I've always heard sauna, but I, I definitely have uh, in Grand Rapids amongst friends and such. Have There's been quite the debate. So about about how it's crazy. said. But. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. But uh anyway, uh that that's all I got for questions, Nate. Um I just wanted to say thank you again. Do you do you have anything you'd like to plug and tell people?
1: Yeah, I think just making sure that people know on June 12th we're going to be releasing Rising Tide, our new album. So make sure to look for that on on YouTube and Spotify and we'll be selling CDs and vinyl on our website and other uh stores. And uh, yeah, and keep an eye out for the Blue Ox Music Festival. We're going to be announcing uh, the lineup pretty soon, um, which, as I've said, is 95% the original lineup, but there's actually some exciting changes. I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled to be able to tell people about what's, what's going to be coming up in August at the Blue Ox Fest. So okay. until then.
0: Everybody, that's Nate Seip from Pertner Sandstone. Thank you so much, and, uh, yeah, hope everybody has a wonderful Saturday here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jace. Great talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: I'm having a complete brain fart now. <laughs> what What the <laughs> hell did you we're, – we, we were just talking about the –
1: the new album. Sorry, I ramble. I'm. I've been. I'm, I'm a No, rambler. no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even as high on coffee as I was last time.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I was literally just thinking about how I was segwaying here, and then, and then, uh yeah, I had a minor oh, distraction, sorry. and then yeah. I, and then I, yeah, I had too many, too many irons in the fire there. So, yeah, anyway, I, uh, I, I was just gonna say it's.